Welcome back to the Oi Oi podcast, and I am your host, Johnny Shield Detailing. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking to Phil Miranda from Miranda Detailing. I'm also joined by my great co-hosts, Specky McSporran and Saviki, also YouTube content creators. We're going to get the chance to speak to Phil about how he got into detailing. We're also going to ask him how he edits his films, how he does his content, and what inspires him. We're also going to ask him what it's like to be working with his family. This is all coming up in this episode. Also, this episode was recorded live from Restream to YouTube. So feel free to head over to my YouTube channel and hit that like button and comment and subscribe. We appreciate all of your support. So sit back, relax, or if you're still on the tools or busy rushing away to the next job, this is episode two of season one, the Miranda Detailing Story. Thanks for coming. and Instagram over there on the right. Welcome to episode two. Welcome to the live stream that is Johnny Shield Detailing Oi Oi Podcast. And tonight we've got a guest from America. We've got him from the US of A and that is Phil from Miranda Detailing. So this is episode two, behind the scenes with Phil Miranda. So we've also got some great co-hosts tonight. We have got the big man Specky McSporran and we've also got... Her, his little little double act, which is Saviki. So let's bring him in and let's see the gang. So I hope you guys have a lovely day. Where are the guys? Let me see where they are. There they are, all in the background. We've got Saviki. Let's pull, uh, pull Phil in there. Phil, how you doing, guy? You all right? Oh, yeah. How's everybody doing? We're good, mate. We are really, really good. Really excited good, to get this show good. on the road. I've been buzzing, been buzzing for this all day, mate. So uh, it's been good oh, yes. fun. So finally, we got it going. So how's your day been so far? Good, good. We had a very chill, a chill day today. Uh, we have some exciting news for the next couple of weeks, maybe months. Some collaborations with local, non-detailing-related companies that we're going to feature on the channel. So we got some cool stuff on the way. Cool. So you got your latest video out at the moment, which is entitled. Oh, you have to remind me what's the title of the latest video. Oh, what is it? It was an exterior. It was an exterior. Weekend wash. Is it weekend wash with Adam's speciality detailing products, right? Uh, that one was a while ago. We actually released one yesterday. Yeah, we released exterior oh, only was... detail yesterday, okay. which is actually an old summer video that we did this past summer. Um, but that one we released. But we did have another one that we did, uh, the weekend wash. And we were doing some giveaways on that as well. So yeah, we do have some videos there. Awesome, yeah, I, I've got yep. that right now. We were uh, just bring that up into yep, shot right go. now. We just show you a little bit about this latest video. So what's uh, this one about? Yeah, so that was an exterior of a Subaru Tribeca and the poor thing was in rough shape. You could see the front where all the, uh, the dirt and grime accumulated underneath that a uh, little wind spoiler that screen in the front that they removed but yeah this one was a gross one we didn't get to do any interior shots uh we had to get it done so we just focused on the exterior on this one yeah no it's um uh, I, i'm i'm mesmerized by how quick you get these uh these videos out mate it's uh, it's insane when i when i told you how long it's been taking me to do my videos and uh, i've just obviously started my youtube journey uh, my first video took me like 18 hours on adobe and uh, mm -hmm. you know you're saying you're popping these out in a, in a in a day or so or in an evening. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We were able to streamline the filming and the especially the editing process. And I do everything myself. I have this older MacBook Pro that I invested in, and it's super fast. Uh, Final Cut Pro is what I use for editing, and uh, you know from there I, I learned how to edit and do a bunch of stuff from YouTube, of course, learning how to do that. And uh, now I just can streamline the whole process just drop all the videos in put them all in a row edit them cut and splice as i need to add some music and go from there and i even learned in the filming process you kind of have to have a mental outline as you're filming and kind of know where you're where you're going to go you know in the filming that way the editing is so much easier you're not trying to find all these different clips to, to put together they're usually just nicely in a row and you can just plop them splice them as needed and do all the little, you know, 
spicy things in between and get it all done. Yeah. So yeah. So Vicky, what 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 do you use at the moment to uh, to edit with? What's your uh, what's your software? What do you use? Uh, Speggy, what is it I use? What's that thing? I, I've downloaded it again. Uh, I did just <laughs> use just your normal, uh, whatever it is on your iMovie. iMovie is what I used. And then I've changed to, I can't remember what it is, Speggy. InShot. InShot. And it's oh. a lot better than that. I did try and do Adobe and all those sort of things. Just couldn't do it. Was really struggling with it. Mm. it, it what do it you is use? It is really difficult. Um... I was using my phone basically. I used my phone for ages using a, a software on my phone. I know that there's a couple of YouTubers out there that do do phone content, and I think you know that's the, that's the beauty of YouTube at the moment, isn't it? That you can actually use. It's not actually specific to just being the biggest, like you know, Spielberg type videos. As long as it's got the right content in there and you've got the right message coming across, you can actually use your phone. But it is. It's like anything you do. It's quite fun if you. If you want to improve, you could, there's more room to improve with going onto Adobe or uh, I don't know that what what do you do, Specky? What's your what's your software? Is it Vegas? Um, it, actually, it's a combination. Since talking to Vicky and realizing that she edits practically all of her content on her phone using InShot, I've moved to InShot for certain short form content, and I use uh, Magic's Vegas Pro as my um, my editor on the PC. And uh, you're absolutely right that the whole idea of the flexibility of it, as long as the content is good, it doesn't really matter how you edit. Uh, a good friend of ours, Paul Dolden, used to use Windows Movie Maker forever and a day until I managed to introduce him to the modern way of doing things. We've just of, introduced you know... Paul to phones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it, was like, it wow. was like he was using sticks, rubbing sticks you, together to try and edit a video, you know? And I was like, this is the modern way, Paul. And then he never looked back. So he's, really he's still camped in the garden. The differences. Yeah, it's, Poor Paul. We've all got our just... way of doing it. Um, he's not here to defend himself. No, well, oh, no. this is that's okay. And even if he was, he he would just take it on the chin. He's a good boy. <laughs> He's a good boy. Um, <laughs> boy. So it's a shame. Paul, Paul's out All there working tonight. Paul, Paul's out there working late tonight. So it's a shame that he can't be with us tonight on this show, but. Um, He's here in spirit, bless him. His jokes will be here in candor and banter somewhere along the line, so we'll get him involved. So, um, moving on back to you, Phil. Um, tell us how you got inspired you to get into the uh, into the detail industry. Where did it first start? Yeah, so it started back in 2009. Uh, we used to live up in New England area. So I was born and raised in Boston, and then when I was uh, about 12 or so, we moved to Vermont with my family. And uh, so, you know, a little bit of city life, a little bit of country life, and got married there as well. Got married back in 03. And, uh, you know, when we first were married and everything, my wife had a really good, uh, her, her parents had a really nice painting business. So I worked kind of in the family doing interior painting of condominiums, the ski mountains and all of those. So that was good for a couple of years. Things changed. The economy kind of tanked. And uh, we were job hunting and getting into debt and all sorts of crazy stuff. So the last couple of years before we moved down here, we got involved with uh, a friend of ours who had a mobile bumper painting business, which was very interesting, very cool. And I really want to learn more about that and, and get into it. So for about two plus years, I learned how to uh, prep cars for painting, basically the bumpers at, at dealerships. It was a mobile trailer business and we would uh -huh. go to dealerships yep. and go to the used car lots, check out the used, you know, the bumpers and, and say to the, the dealers, you know, we can fix this bumper, fix this bumper for X amount of dollars. So I learned how to do plastic repair, a little bit of Bondo, and then learned how to shoot uh, or, or spray base coat, clear coat, all wow. in the worst... Yeah, in the worst circumstances because it was all outside. It was it was all outdoors. So I learned how to do wow. that outdoors. It was yeah. insane. Impressive. I was dealing with dust nibs and all sorts of crazy stuff. Winter was horrible up there. It was just some pretty crazy stuff we had to do. Slightly dangerous. Actually, very dangerous stuff that we had to do. Very quickly, I remember one, well, quite a few times in, in the winter, I had a one of those salamander propane burners. You know, the ones with open flame. It's basically like a big, gigantic yeah. torch. I yeah. had that in the trailer, heating it up. And if you think about it, in the trailer, we have the oil-based paint systems and lacquer thinner and all sorts of stuff. Basically, I was, you know, 
it was a recipe for disaster. Nothing ever happened, but you know, tipping over something could have blown up the whole thing. So in hindsight, <laughs> yeah, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> probably a little bit safer polishing cars than it is blowing oh, them up. Oh my goodness. Mate. It was crazy. But, <laughs> it's like one of those do as I say, but not as I do situations. Oh my goodness. If Definitely. I had made videos back then about that, people would have been on me. I It would have like OSHA would have come. It would have been bad. So, so from there, I learned a lot about automotive paint, a little bit about polishing and scratch removal. And instead of going into that business, which was a huge startup cost, like tens of thousands of dollars to get started in that business, which I just, we couldn't do. We stumbled across the, the detailing aspect. So the cleaning and the polishing and insert, you know, interior and exterior. So that, that actually was feasible. It was easier to start up, cheaper to start up and just went down the rabbit hole from there. And, uh, you know, one of the first sites was Auto Geek back then and a bunch of other oh, yeah. places that, you wow. know, the forums yeah, yeah. and I learned a lot on the forums. And then just from trial and error, just, you know, experience taught us a lot. So the end of 09, we moved down here because we really couldn't do detailing up there. Our, our goal was let's move somewhere where it's warmer, longer mm -hmm. working season. And people take care of their cars down here more than they do up north. They Up north, they just rot away. They just rust away. So, yeah, yeah end of 09, we came here and started from scratch. We, we had nothing as far as any knowledge about running our own business like this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was just trial and error, basically, from, from the beginning. So, obviously, like with detailing, you know, I don't know what it's like in the U.S., but over here, we don't have any... MVQs, you know, we don't have any education on it. You know, it's pretty much pick up a pair of buckets and start washing. And and now, you know, we've got YouTube, which is hence why I, I evolved. This is where I came from, uh, obviously from lockdown, uh, watching YouTube content, obviously as a hairdresser, not being able to do hair. I decided to go back to something I loved when I was 17, and that's washing cars. And it's an amazing process now that you can actually what you can learn from the YouTube community and from the YouTube content and, and, any, and anything, not just detailing. It's like, I call it the university of YouTube. I've learned mm -hmm. to paint, decorate, plaster, all sorts of different things on the, on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Um, how long has Miranda Detailing been in business? Um, since October of 09. Okay. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's over 12 years now. Awesome. When did you get into YouTube content? So with YouTube, you know, I had actually contacted a lot of people on YouTube and learned a lot from YouTube as well. Um, but about five years ago, that's when I really started to post regularly and really get into it and, and to make that part of our business. And uh, I forget exactly what year we did it because it started very, very slow, just little videos here and there. And, and then there was the more produced videos where I really spent some time on it and made them longer with music and more text in it and ex explanations. And then it, it went from there. Um, you know, the, the inspirations for creating the channel also came from some of my favorite channels at the time that I was watching a lot of that was M details. Um, yeah. White yeah. details old was a big one. Yep. Uh, back in the day, also Gary Dean, Gary Dean okay. was... I've not he heard of that one. I'm gonna have to, I'll make a note of that one. Yeah, yeah. He does a lot of his own products now and, and kind of promotes a lot of his own products. But back in the day, uh, he really did a lot of teaching on there as well. So I learned a lot from, from him. So, and those are, you know, a lot of them are still uh, channels that I've watched to this day. And then when I got into making content... Um, Chicago Auto Pros was a big one that we started watching. Yeah, and uh, and quite a few. Yeah, quite a few others. Um, so the inspiration really came kind of a combination of like Alan's content from AM Details and Jim White, because I like the way that Jim would document his jobs and, and talk about struggles and things that he would go through throughout the job. So I, I you know, is inspired from some of that. And then I like Alan's way of a daily vlog type of content. So I kind of combined the two and, and then just kind of, it evolved into our own style and our own, our own way. But that's definitely the, the type of influences, you know, that I kind of take from. I'll bring in the two, the two co-hosts. Uh, Becky, Savicki, what, what inspired you 
And how long have you two been in it? Just that interest. I just one of these questions I've actually never asked you. Funnily enough, it's only until I just asked Phil. I thought I don't even know. I don't know you two either. What you know? Go with Specky first. How long ago did you start doing it, Specky? How how the hell have we talked about so many other things? And that's one of the questions you haven't actually asked me. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's the obvious one you don't ask, isn't it? It's always the obvious ones you don't ask. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the idea for the channel started in 2012. I didn't actually set it up until 2013, but it wasn't a detailing channel at that point. It was simply an I want to be on YouTube channel, and I'll figure out what the content's going to be later. Um, I thought it was going to be all kind of geeky stuff, hence the name Specky. And um, so I thought it was going to be that, but I didn't want to be tied down to it. So I didn't make it Specky's tech or something like that, because if I ever wanted to pivot, do something different, I wanted it to be ambiguous. So it didn't yeah. actually become a detailing related or car care related channel until 2014, 15, something like that. Right. But I didn't actually take it seriously until 2017. So I would say that was the real, the birth of the serious content. Up until that mm -hmm. point, it was just messing around and trying a few things out. But I was watching loads of content on YouTube to figure out what I could learn from everybody because my channel was all about learning what I can and then trying to pass on that education in a way that doesn't jargon and confusing things. I can just, yeah. I can get in there and break it down, take it more more understandable for the average Joe, because the, the existing channels at the time really often talked in a way that it was for the people who already knew what they were talking about, and uh -huh. I wanted to get the average Joe to understand that as well. So that's kind of where. So I'd say the real, the crux of the channel came about 2017, 16, 17, roughly. I'm just a baby. <laughs> I'm a baby of the crew. I'm literally just, I'm only just wetting my whistle. But it is, yeah. it's, it's, it's a fascinating uh, time because since COVID, obviously, a bit like the golfing industry, there's been a flood of new detailers, uh, weekend warriors, people washing their cars, all sorts of stuff. And I think, I don't know about you guys, but uh, seeing the channels grow through those kind of periods, there must have been a huge spike during lockdown of people watching stuff, especially with me hoovering up content like you wouldn't believe watching everyone watching all of you and now sharing live with you is, is incredible for me um vicky what about you when did you start the um the journey uh i've only been actually doing youtube for about i would say two years if even wow done two really years? Well. i don't know if it's that long or not um but no, it's more like three I or four off... to be fair <laughs> he's not. been specky's been counting <laughs> he's not missed a video Counting yet. down the days <laughs> Thursday night. <laughs> um, no, I, I think it's about two years I've done YouTube, I think, and around that. And I started off as anything car related. It wasn't really anything to do with car care at that time. Oh. It was more modding my cars and going to car shows and all that sort of stuff. And then yeah. uh, Paul came along one of my videos. Uh, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be careful. It came you along that. or came across. I'm not entirely sure which one. Be careful how you how you phrase that. Paul, Paul found my YouTube channel. That's better. Uh, I was cleaning a set of wheels that I had. A set of my show wheels. I was trying to get them ready for show season, and Paul was all up for me cleaning stuff, and uh, he encouraged me to clean. And now I'm here. Don't know um, how I got here, but I'm here now. Well, we got you on anyway. We got you in, but it's um, but no, it's good. And listen, we've got. It's, this is the great thing about the community is the banter. Um, you know, in the UK, Phil, we have some we have some fantastic banter with stuff. We enjoy uh, we enjoy detailing. We enjoy the community. You know, it's so we're so lucky in 2022 to be able to have you know software like this and the internet to be able to connect across the globe and. We've talked before about this. We had a great two-hour conversation the other night. Well, it was a one-side conversation. You had a great two-hour listen the other night <laughs> when I was talking to you. That's and, the um... brutally honest thing right there. <laughs> God bless you. Um, about hey, the differences... Uh, Go on. Oh, just, just one thing, Johnny. Uh, I'm, I'm having some comments on my Instagram here live, and uh, oh, yeah. I just want to make sure that everything is going through correctly because... Um, you know, on here on on Instagram, we're going live here on Johnny Shields' channel, and uh, someone was saying that they they can't hear 
Johnny from my channel, because I think it is going live on mine, I believe, perhaps simultaneously. I don't, I can't do anything to check that, but uh, they can't hear me on your channel. So I want to make sure to give a shout out or a comment here in our comment section and make sure we can all, sure. we can all, uh, you know, our audio, making sure that's all good. So yeah, we hope that's all. We hope that's all coming through. We hope that's all coming. Yeah, through. yeah. So let us let us know in the comment section if all of our audio is coming through correctly. Yeah, sure. I think I think um, from the comments I got in the comment section down here on my on my section, um, we've got no no sound issues, so we we seem all good okay, from good. this side of it, which is all pretty okay. cool. Um, so okay, for good. my 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 side, it's all good, but it's all recorded anyway. So. Yep. As uh, for everyone who's listening or not watching or not around, this will be going on to Spotify. This will be going on to the YouTube channel. I'll be able to download this, and Phil can have this and play around with it if he wants to put it on his channel. Um, we're also going to be going on to Podbean. So or any podcast that you use, this is going to be going on to it. So uh, whatever we see or what you don't see, you'll be able to catch up later anyway, which is fantastic. So uh, awesome. it's all live. Awesome. It's all live streaming, but it's great to do these kind of video casts because it gets the opportunity to get actual people's uh uh it could see and, and see our tone of voice see our conversation and actually get involved and be a bit more interactive which is pretty cool so uh, let's hope that this is all going pretty well so yeah, i think some i think some are watching both of our instagram lives and since i have the headphones on uh my followers on instagram they, can't hear anything so they have to yeah. come onto the youtube channel to yeah. be able to hear whole conversations i think that's what's yeah going on we need to we need to direct them to the youtube channel bless them they're, they're yeah, thinking exactly it's all on Instagram. so <laughs> the, the teaser yeah. we're giving them a teaser we're giving them a bit of behind the scenes so um yeah. so yeah one of the things yeah. i was talking to phil about the other night guys was um was 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 about was about actually the um differences between the uk and the us um detailing circuit um there's a lot of obviously with the internet we can watch phil's videos uh, he can watch ours um, but I, I found it an interesting topic about uh, talk about it. And I think me and Specky have touched on this on a live before about the uh, the ammo influence in the, in America and obviously the Jim White influence uh, over in over in the, in the UK and um, the differences about chasing perfection and stuff. And I love watching your channel, Phil, because I think one of the things you do do a lot is you talk about from a US perspective and your detailing is about um, not chasing perfection, actually doing stuff on a business level. Uh, well, some of the things you talk about a lot is on that on that on that topic basically isn't it so uh, do you want to go into more detail mm -hmm. about that kind of stuff that we were discussing yeah uh that that's a really good topic because that will differ between all sorts of different detailers and whether it is a detailing business or if it's an enthusiast who is not doing it as a business but doing it on the side so i i thought those differences because uh i guess some may not understand detailing as a business as opposed to you know, an enthusiast, you know, way of doing it. So I try to keep it simple, basically saying as an enthusiast, you're not worried about the hours that you really put into it. In fact, some love to kind of boast about the hours that they put into it, saying I put 30, 40 hours, all of this into the whatever job they're doing. And they, and they squeeze every last bit out of the vehicle and get it 100% perfect for their customer. And that's amazing. You know, their, their customers are going to be so happy when they get their vehicle back. Um, but to do that as a business, I have to kind of contrast that with doing it as a business where if you were to do that, one, you better be getting paid for 30 to 40 hours correctly. Yeah, um, true. <laughs> because, you know, you can say to the customer, I put 40 hours into it. I charge, you know, if you're going to charge $100 an hour, that's insane. That's crazy. Like, you're not, you're not going to be able to actually charge that to the customer so you know it's all about balancing that all out and, and figuring out you know are, are you trying to run a business or are you the enthusiast where you just want perfection and it doesn't matter how many hours you know or how much money you make in it or not so that's the type of thing that we always we have to bring up because mm. you know we'll, we'll get questions as to like why didn't you go that far like well it's not about me i'm running a business for my customer so does my does my customer want us to do that or pay for it? Because then I would have to charge a few extra hundred dollars to bring it up to the level that in you know some people's minds that they want. Like you got to get that paint looking perfect. I'm like, if the customer wants to pay for it, I I will do my best to do that. But if they're not paying for it, 
I have to show that on here and show the reality. Like, this is why we're doing this. So, you see, I, I think that comes down to the whole managing expectations situation, which we've talked about many times on uh, on our podcast and so on, is the whole trying to figure out the difference between or, or manage the balance between you know this car is swirly, but does the customer actually want those swirls removed? Do they even see them as a defect? Your, your detailer's eyes see a car in a different light, in a different way to the average Joe. So when they want their car worked on, are they genuinely looking for what you would call perfection? Or are they just looking for a little bit of an enhancement, a brightening, and so on? And it's really difficult, I think. This is why I'm glad I don't do this as a business, because I would find it really hard to find a balance between you want to make some money and therefore you maybe want to try and upsell something. But at the same time, you don't want to destroy someone's view of the car and tell them, do, do you realize that your car is full of swirls and actually looks like hell? You know, you don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. That's not good for your business. So it's a really difficult balancing act that you've got to try and work out there. And I don't envy you for that, but I totally understand where you're coming from. The, the whole mm. making money versus being true to your customer. Yeah. Exactly. How do you when to say no? I mean, so Vicky, you're in a situation at the moment where you started your new brand, Raise. You're obviously doing really well at the moment with uh, with the business. Uh, how do you strike a chord with with that sort of chasing perfection, chasing the the results, and trying to find a balance between that and obviously running a business? That's it. I find it really hard to stop. So, like at the minute, I'm tinting, so I will keep going and going and going, and then. Someone has to come and say to me, you know, that is it, that's it, finished. Stop chasing perfection, like you say. You're never going to get it perfect. Anything you do is never going to be perfect, and you have to be realistic with your time and money. You can't just keep working another hour on something and really not get paid for it. It's quite hard. I'm sure it's worse for Phil uh, doing the detail inside of it, but you just have to time manage. I think that's the, the key for anything, time manage and expectation, like Specky said. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I I totally I totally agree, and I think I think this is the great thing between between stuff. And obviously, when I the reason why I do the content is because I actually really enjoy Chase Perfection. I like the challenge of. I mean, I've got a Vauxhall course that I spent a hundred. I bought for a hundred pounds, and I'm obviously restoring this back to the best possible finish I possibly can. Um, you know, my inspiration was Jim White for polishing, and it got me. I just consumed all of his content to the to my heart's content and. I know me and Phil were talking about this the other night about some machine polishing ideas and I just study, 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 study. You know, guys like Mike Phillips, Ammo, you name it. There's so many guys out there that do some fantastic stuff out there. And um, Chase Perfection is difficult, but when I move into doing more business stuff, it's going to be much more of an issue with trying to juggle the two. But I, I, I feel very lucky and luxurious that I can play with those sort of things. Um one thing that Humberto is saying down in the comments section is uh, another difference is the use of TFR in the UK um, compared to Citrus. What's your thoughts on that, Phil? Yeah, so traffic film removers, um, I mean, do you do you have more of those that are literally labelled as traffic film removers there in the UK? I think Specky's probably better off at asking that one, yeah. Yeah, there's certainly plenty of them out there. It's not to say that there are loads, but it's mm. available if you're looking for it. But yeah. I think when it comes to the sort of boutique brand things, the, the sort of scene brands, they tend mm. to go down the route of citrus-based products, usually, as a, as a mm. pre-wash product. And the TFR is there for the really heavy-duty jobs. Uh, yeah. we, we have... A, a difference, a balance of, of different types of work. So you have the valeting and then the detailing. And the valeting would be your sort of basic maintenance wash. And a detail is taking it to the next level and doing some of the things that you wouldn't normally consider. So uh, I would say that a valeter would be the kind of person to use a TFR more often. Yeah. Whereas a detailer who takes a bit more time and a bit more care isn't really working on the same kind of clock as as a uh, valeter would be a valeter wants to be in half an hour mm. wash a car done get out of there go to the next job so in that respect you would probably want something which is heavier hitting and i know there are many valeters i've spoken to over the years that use tfrs regularly because it just rips through all the grime and everything gets rid of it quickly 
and then they can move on to the next job whereas a detailer takes a little bit more pride in the work and wants to be a bit more gentle and respect the car a little bit and be just a bit more careful and that's when citrus products i think are are the the most popular for them mainly tfr yeah. in our country is used at the roadside car washes very fast very yeah. aggressive okay. very intense very strong combinations and that uh, tfr will just strip anything that's on the paintwork and obviously degradate any ceramic coating any waxes it'll just tear it straight off as you know like they're, they're great products to actually use uh, for uh, deconning for before correction. Great. You know, you want to strip everything off. You can up the intensity, up the strength. That'll give you an opportunity to rip off whatever's on there to give you a little bit extra, you know, extra bite. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. just a fascinating one of, I mean, citrus is probably one of the things we obviously get different kind of components stuck, you know, um, contamination to the vehicle. You know, you're talking about yeah. salt and and. And that sort of stuff. We get that obviously in, in this time of year with the roads being gritty, but it, it depends. We don't know. I haven't seen the, the, I mean, Specky will see the gritters out in the summer, but it's, um, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> but Come it's on. one of those I where only, I only passed like five or six of them today on the roads. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Not that big a deal. But yeah, that's, that's an interesting <laughs> conversation because, uh, you know, with citrus over here, we're obviously removing a lot of mud, dirt, sand kind of, uh, Deposits under the arches and those kind of areas. Mm -hmm. uh, the damage, well damage material, as yeah, Jim White absolutely. likes to say, damage material. I, I kind of stole that because I like that. I, I like that concept. I like the idea because that's exactly what is happening with, you know, I'm, I saw in the comments here like the pre-washing, the APC rinsing, which is Alan's term, APC rinsing, and I kind of adopted that as well. But yeah, like with our pre-wash, like we don't. I mean, we have some citrus-based APCs, but the ones that we use is like super clean or extra tough or mm. and those are just super high alkaline cleaners yep. you know yep. and i don't know chemically what the difference is between a traffic film remover and a citrus base or just a high alkaline cleaner i don't know if it's just the mm -hmm. balance of alkalinity i don't know if it's and sure humberto is going to tell us <laughs> yeah someone's going to tell us because <laughs> because i know with chemistry itself i mean basic 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 chemistry i know that high alkaline dissolves greases and fats and oils which yeah. traffic film is is just that not not fats but oils basically so sure, greases yeah. and oils you're going to get from traffic you know that's the traffic film that's stuck on your vehicle and you mm -hmm. need that high alkaline to to dissolve it to break it up to remove it yeah, absolutely and that yeah. in fact will also remove sealants because of the polymers and the oils and the sealants and waxes so mm -hmm. in turn it it removes that too so i mean it's almost it's almost splitting hairs do you use a traffic film remover or an apc and like from my experience they they do the same thing chemically yeah so my I think answer it's is kind of, yes <laughs> yeah i think i think it's just that the terms that that are used for those things that confuse some people they're like what's better an apc or a tfr i'm like it's the same it's the same thing at the in the end it's the same so it's a, it's about your process. It's more important than just buying a specific chemical. Just learn what the chemical does, and then use it accordingly, and and it'll work. That was a great link there. You just linked me lovely into the process, the process of detailing. That's a fantastic mm. word that we use a lot in detailing, and about sticking to the process. I think it doesn't. Really, this is one of the things that we probably have in all of our comment sections when it comes to detailing is when your process is slightly different to the other detailers and how we mm -hmm. get those in the comments that you haven't done this or you haven't done that or this, that and the other. And I think there's a, a shrewd difference that people don't understand is there's making content for YouTube is so different to actually doing it in real time. Because if we filmed mm. everything we did, you'd pretty much be bored and be watching something else. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, but processes feel, you know, Mm -hmm. Is it something you swap about? Do you change a lot? Do you, do you get bored? Is it the, is it or is it a strict process? Are you someone who likes to stick by the book and the, you just install the products into that process? You just you know your your routine is back to front. You know how you do something and then the products become part of the fun part. Talk me talk me through that. How does that how does that impact you? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, the process, the the principles of the process are the same for us. Uh, as far as, you know, do we always start with front, back, top, bottom, like, you know, that type of thing might be flexible depending on what needs to be done to the vehicle. 
but say on average a vehicle that comes in it hasn't been washed or waxed or touched in like three or four months it's got some buildup on it and stuff like that the the principles of the process are always the same for us you you rinse and you degrease or do it apc rinse or that pre-wash because that's removing like 80 to 90 percent of the damaged material or the stuff that's on the paint like that process uh -huh. to me is one of the most important ones and then from there you can be flexible if you want to foam it up and wash it you know with a one bucket method because you already have the foam on the vehicle that's one way of doing it or you can foam it up and rinse it off again you know that's another way of kind of second pre-wash if you want to do that and then wash with the two bucket method in the end it really doesn't matter because the end process you know the, the end result is still going to be the same it's just how long do you want to take with it and what is comfortable for you so because we used to use the two bucket method we used to foam it and then rinse it off like we used to do all that because we saw it other uh -huh. people doing it yeah and then we're like well let's let's skip one of those processes and see if it makes a difference and we're like why am i refoaming it again and rinsing it off and then refoaming it to wash let's just skip out that middle part because it doesn't do anything so it was processes like that that we kind of refined along the way and it, and yep. kind of evolved and now we're like now we can wash decon and everything a vehicle my wife and i can do it in like 15 20 minutes top to bottom yep. quickly efficiently and that's that's the business side of it that's what i try to show people is like look you can yep. do this quickly <clears throat> And the end result is it going to be like completely swirled and crazy because you didn't use the two bucket method and and you know all of that's and like no because of yep. the, the the processes after that like machine applying a wax or a sealant is going to fix any type of light marring that was left behind so it's like you got to think through all the processes and sometimes i kind of take that for granted because we do it on such a regular basis that it becomes second nature to us so i do try to like slow it down in some sections explain like the reason why we do this is because the next step will eliminate possible light marring that we may have incurred, you know, on the vehicle, which would happen anyway if you clay bar or clay mitt. It's it's going to happen. It's inevitable. So it's it's things like that that we uh, learn to put into our process, and it makes things so much easier and faster. Um, but yeah, then again, everybody has their own way of doing it. So if they have a little bit of time and they like to more into the washing process yep. put more time into it to be careful cool but you better speed things up in the after process so that you're not taking two hours or three hours to wash and wax a vehicle where we can do it in like an hour and make yeah, the money definitely move on. i think so, you to be very careful there because there's a lot of people who are going to look at that process and they're going to say that's that's a risky process i, I know where you're coming from that if you are going to be machine polishing that car at the end of it then why worry about the whole you know i'll foam the car and then i'll just wash it while it's there which again is not normally something that's done here is generally your washing is done with your shampoo you foam the car and you rinse it off because it's part of your pre-wash process but mm -hmm. i i totally get where you're coming from i just i worry that some people are going to look at that and and I, i'm the kind of person who worries about all these tiny details and say <laughs> if i just show one person that I happen to wash the car with snow foam and leave it on there and then clay it and so on. And I'm doing it really fast. I understand and you understand that I'm going to be machine pulling, machine polishing this afterwards and I'm going to get rid of all that damage that we've just inflicted on the paint. But I, I always worry that there's going to be some idiot somewhere is going to say, <laughs> Specky said I can do this. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. And then, you know, nightmare job. And I get comments later on telling me that he's going to hunt me down in my sleep, you know. So I... <laughs> I, I totally get where you're coming from and i think from a business perspective that works but i always worry about that from a social wa justice warrior type you know situation where someone's going to watch that and go what well yep. what i will say on that what i will say on that topic just uh just to, before we move on to the next part is um is definitely when it comes to correction i've got three different washes i've got a, a safe wash for a maintenance wash i've got a a safe wash when it comes to no machine polishing and removing the, the uh, contaminants chemically. And then I've got a correction wash, which is a lot different, a lot more aggressive. But every single one of those washes all has the pre-wash in it. And uh, plug in my latest video, pre-wash. Um, you know, talk about the importance of pre-wash is very important. And actually the damage you're gonna be doing to a vehicle 
by using a one bucket wash if you're going through the same procedure as a safe wash and you're doing a correction is very very minimal than someone who's taken it to a car wash and you're going to be correcting that paint and you it, it's probably not even measurable to know how much damage you're gonna be doing and that, that's that's my opinion so don't shoot specky shoot me i'll tell you um so it's <laughs> yeah, one of those things him, it's got but nothing um, to do with me at all anything that happens that someone has an issue with them just and also if, if, if you want i will put a link down in the description to a great video from kelly from kds keltec who's now head of lake country manufacturing for global and he'll back me up on that one so happy days yeah. so i mean you know it's good company the, the, what you mentioned about the the washing beforehand because you're going to be correcting and polishing later on and even if you explain that which i have before some people are still like yeah but your process should be blah 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 it doesn't matter what people say they're not here doing the job they're not dealing with our customers so oh 100 amen yeah amen. But whatever people say it's it's null and void it's it's moot it doesn't mean anything it's just words it's just someone neg talking neg negative comments still add still add to the algorithm so you know, I know, happy days. But still, it's still. Yeah, just bring on all your hate. We don't care. The numbers go up. If, I don't know. If you bring, I'm such a savage. I love it. I'm such if, a savage. If you bring the hate down there, if people bring the hate, they better be ready to be corrected because we better correct them. We have to correct them. Like it's it's our obligation. It's you know, with great power comes great responsibility. It's our responsibility. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Like, but, but, to correct by the way, those. you're absolutely right, you're absolutely spot on, mate. You're absolutely spot on. And what I will say on that topic is, as my biggest topic of the whole reason why I'm on doing content is the mental health side of it. And actually, hmm. watching Jim recently go to Kelly at KDS and learning some, being outside of his comfort zone, getting some more training, speaking to Kelly, all those kind of situations. I'm plugging Jim's video here, but. It's interesting that actually for detailers, when you become so process driven, actually to get outside of your own way, get out of your own box, it's very difficult. So I actually empathize with people who criticize those those kind of that that creativity to think outside the box, because sadly, they don't always some people are very practical driven. They don't have the uh, imagination and creativity to think outside the box. It's it's process or nothing. So mm -hmm. I think it's it's horses for courses. As someone who's been training hairdressers for years, you have to know who you're training. And actually, when they come into the comments for that sort of stuff, I implore debate. I implore debate. Um, but we'll we'll leave that sort of side of it for there for a minute. But it just moves on to the next topic, which is actually your wife, one of the biggest parts of the uh, of your of your of your business. And uh, mm -hmm. just want you to talk talk to me a bit more about your wife and how that all came about, Phil. I think that's you know behind every good man. Is a good good woman, isn't that right, Sir Vicky? I know she's smiling down there. She knew it was coming. Little punchline there. And you work with your partner yeah. as well, Vicky. Is that right? You work with your partner as well? No. You don't? Oh, you don't. But he does no. help out with stuff, no? He no. does what she says. He does not. <laughs> so he he basically does nothing. He's got, he's got his own business. I've got Has mine. He? Has yeah. he? I think it's because I got I got meddled up because sometimes I see him when you're working late restructuring stuff that he's he's pulling pulling his weight, but obviously, yeah. Obviously he just not, has so. to stay there. That's it. I gotcha. I gotcha. So yeah, Phil. So crack, you know, tell me about your wife. How did that come about? And talk to people about that, please. Yeah, I mean, with my wife and I, we have very much the same mindset, or I should say, the same goals in mind, uh, which which is good. And you know, for me, I'm I'm the one who is going to go. I, if anything, I'm the one who's going to go overboard on anything. You know, like I have a very crazy imagination and I can think of all these things in the future. We can do this, this and this and this and this. And then she has to kind of ground me and, and show like, okay, no, we, we can't do that. Yeah, we can't do this yet. We got to do this. And okay. But from the beginning, our goal was to, to have our own business because we were so sick and tired of struggling to, to get work up there in, in Vermont. It was terrible. We were every six months I was lose my job and trying to find something else and and the debt just kept going up and and we're like we need to do something else we you know we need to be self-employed for one it's it's the freedom that we're going to get you know relative freedom it's all relative um which is fine and our end goal was yeah let's let's create this business and when we stumbled across detailing we're like we can do this and and we were both on board she was 100 on board and she is 51% of the business, you know, and when we first started, she, both of us learned at the same exact time, the whole process. So combined, really, it's more like 
24 years of experience because both of us, you know, learned as we're in this business for, uh, from trial and, and error. Um, so if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be able to do this business the way that it is now. There's no way. And even the past three years or four years, she started polishing. Like I did all the polishing before and she would do all of the interior stuff. And if she was done with the interior, she was done. But one of these, you know, one of the days that I had the SPTA cordless polisher, like when I first started using that, she picked it up and she's like, Ooh, this is nice. She slapped a pad on and, and I was working on a vehicle. She started putting product on and, and like right away, it was almost like she just learned how to do it from watching me doing all those years. She just kind of absorbed it and just went right to town, like doing it correctly. Everything. I'm like, what? Like, when did you learn how to polish? And she's like, I was just watching you. <laughs> so she learned Absolutely how to polish. It, it was un like, I mean, it was crazy. So now she's doing corrections with me. Like we just split the vehicle down. She does the passenger side. I do the driver's side. It used to take me all day, like, or two days to do either a full correction or a full day to do a paint enhancement half the day, half the time. And we're done. So all of a sudden our production just shot through the roof. It was incredible and now sometimes she goes overboard like on some of the vehicles she'd be like i want to go further she's like i didn't like the way this came out let's go further i'm like okay so <laughs> now she's on board with going a little bit extra if we have the time to do so but uh yeah there's no way the business would be like this if it wasn't for her no way mate it's it's uh it's, it's amazing and and what what draws me to that is that i met my girlfriend on lockdown well just after lockdown not during lockdown because that's uh it was illegal ask boris um but like uh i met my <laughs> girlfriend and our, and our, and our, <laughs> our first date was actually which is which was so romantic she helped me do a um audi s3 interior which was amazing she did a great job <laughs> <laughs> you know, most women. I, I'm so. Come on, I'm so, I'm, come on. I'm, you were I'm like, so "Hey, darling, come and check out my S3." I was like, <laughs> "She's like, you know, oh, hey, we're onto something here." And then you hand her like an interior detailer and a couple of microfibers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come mate, on. honestly, yeah, it was yeah, absolutely my car. Honestly, really, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, <laughs> it was, uh, it was so funny. And she said the sweetest thing. She said. This is such a bizarre first date, but she says, I absolutely love cleaning. This is like amazing. And I was like, just, you know, and now we've got, a, you know, two years down the line, we've got a kid living together and she's the backbone of my business. And um, she can save wash if she wants to. She can, uh, she can rock it out like, uh, like anyone. She knows how to do all the stuff and she really loves it. Um, and she's, she's, you no, know, she's a big part of the business. And you know, that was why I was so interested in these questions because, um, it's so nice to share these things with your family. So nice to share the business with your family. And I know moving on to the next topic is, you know, the stuff you want to be doing with your with your with your family. Phil, um, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's the next chapter for you, isn't it? Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a big one for this year, especially. Uh, we had recently some health issues in our in my in laws, my wife's parents. My parents live here in this house. Wow, uh, wow. Quickly, we bought this place together. Really, my parents bought it and we're supplementing. You know, it's going to be in the family. Basically, the house is going to be in the family. Um, but we've been in this place for about a year and a half. And my parents are retired and uh, they're, they're very comfortable here. Like, it's perfect for them. And the goal was also to eventually get my wife's parents down here as well. In fact, the goal originally when we first moved down here, we were trying to get our parents to move down because they're done with the winters. Right now, they're like in the middle of that big storm. It's horrible. They're, they're you know, they're, they're getting older. They have a lot of serious health problems. So we have to take care of them. That is our responsibility. That's, that's one of the main responsibilities that we have. So my parents are good for now. Need to take care of my in-laws, uh, Jess's parents. So we have space here to do it. It's going to be some cost. It's going to be some expense to build a living space. Our lounge is going to be gone. It's going to be gone for a while so i just finished it but then this happened and then we're like okay well we can still easily transfer it to a kitchen and bathroom for them and the other side garage into a, a bedroom and we're probably going to build another little extension for their living room so it'll be a small living space for them but the beauty of that is they will be completely set so no mortgage they'll have they'll everything will be paid for like everything will be done they can just fully retire and relax and not have to worry about winter or 
struggling or anything like that. So that's our plan for this summer. We're going to have to sell their house up there in northern New York. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, a lot of crazy plans with that. But hopefully that'll all go well. We'll get them down here. We'll get stuff going. And maybe, maybe the next year, maybe the end of this year into the next year, if we still have some funds left over, um, we would like to actually build an extension off of this garage here. So if anyone's reg you know a regular on the channel and they know our the driveway part, like where we wash all the cars, um, there's a space there to extend the the garage. The garage is 22 feet across wide, um, and it can actually go all the way to the end of the other side of the driveway, which is about 30, wow. 32 feet. So potentially a 22 by 30, 32 foot uh, garage extension could go there. Wow. Which would be amazing. I mean, that would be, it'd be a huge workspace. All of our lounge stuff and our coffee stuff, like all the other fun stuff can be transferred into here. And we just have a giant workspace, which would be great. But that's a, that's a big, big expense. So we'll, we'll see how that, you know, pans out. But um, I even started a GoFundMe account. That's not really yep. for the garage build, but more for the living space for my, for my in-laws. Cause that's not really yeah, business. Sure. It's family. Yeah. Um, but any support, you know, would be good. I'll, I'll shoot you over the GoFundMe link, uh, Johnny. 100%, 100%. Yeah, please. And if anyone wants to contribute to that, cool. I mean, that money will just go into building the living space for my in-laws and and support that if if anyone wants to. So that those are some big changes. That's, that brings along some stress because it's family and health-related stuff, you know. But yeah, sure, 100%. That's the big plan for this year. You can always get money back, but you can't get your health back. That's sometimes just the yeah. situation. So yeah. more things in life are more important than, than the money at the, at the end of the day. And I I, uh, I love what you're doing, mate. It's, it's impressive. And uh, let's move into the last segment now. We've got the last 10 minutes. Um, let's get into a Q&A. So uh, Specky, uh, Vicky, if you want to ask Phil any questions, feel free to jump in. I'll have a look in the comments section. Just going to bring one up from our big man, Nick Gillywash. Here's one from Nick. A little random question, but we'll stick it in there anyway. So Gilly says, <laughs> random, but what sports and teams does Phil support? Oh, man, you guys are going to hate me, but whichever, <laughs> one, whichever one is winning at any given time. <laughs> we have a word for that. It's called a glory hunter. <laughs> yeah, That's true, actually. Yeah, that is the word for it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. I'm, I'm not a sports guy at all, but um, you know, when people, I have a lot of friends who love football. They are like hardcore football fans, and uh, and like we learned, you never say it's just a game. <laughs> you never say that to them, and no. uh, <laughs> and you never root for the team that they hate. So I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm rooting for anyone who's winning because obviously they're winning, so they must be better. Absolutely, absolutely, and my my beloved Humberto, one of them, one of the most kindest man on the planet, uh, and your your second Phil. Um, he, he says one question is I've asked to Paul and Specky, and that is how did you visualize yourself when you were young for the future, and how had everything changed from that view today? That is a deep one, Humberto. You've gone, you've gone that deep. Is a deep one. You've Ugh. gone deep. Go for it, Phil. How, how have you how have you visualized yourself? You know. That's, that's going to bring up some some memories. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, cars as a kid was it something you were interested in as a kid? I mean, I've always loved cars and loved driving, uh -huh. you know. But I wasn't like into anything specific. Like my first car that I bought one hundred percent on my own. Like I got the loan. I went to the bank, got the loan, like negotiated at the dealership. I was I was like eighteen. 19 maybe 19 and yeah. I was, it was so exciting to do that all on your own you know you felt like such a grown-up and <laughs> I know, uh, yeah it was a 98 subaru legacy wagon like right before they went to the outbacks it was a dark maroon red like metallic red it was beautiful it was standard sunroof like i put my own stereo in it like i had it installed by best buy at the time, like I was so happy with this car, it was beautiful. But the first time I was washing it, you know, I, I didn't know anything about washing, so I'm not even going to tell you what I did. But I washed it, and then I started getting into the door jams, and I'm like, "How come I never looked at these? These are gross." I like clean those out. I clean the glass perfectly. Like 
this car was sparkling. I was washing it every week because up in Vermont, it's like dirt roads and in the winter, it was terrible. So washing it every week. Um, but, you know, as far as a business, I'm like, I never even thought about that at all. It never came up into my mind at all that that was that, that could have been a business. I don't know if it would have done well up there anyway, but who knows? There are some detailers up in Vermont that I do know of. Uh, but I mean, as far as like what I thought I was going to be doing, like self-employed, uh, you know, having your own business does kind of run in the family. I have an older brother who had a really successful uh, landscaping business for years. Mm -hmm. I used to work with him. Yep. Mm -hmm. Now he has a very successful pressure washing business where he cleans restaurants with the hot water, like the actual steam pressure washers, cleans out the kitchens. Yeah. Um, that business is really good. He's up in Maine. Uh, my little brother also, he started his own like um, graphic uh, web design business. Um, so he works for a company now, but he knew how to run his own business like that too. And all my uncles have their own businesses. It was all named after their name, you know, our last name, Miranda, Miranda Plumbing, Miranda Landscaping. Like, so it kind of ran in the family. Uh, my dad back in the day used to have a carpeting business. So I, in the back of my mind, I always wanted to have my own business. It was just like the pride, you know, that, that you'd have the freedom that you'd have. It's just, it's a yeah. sense of accomplishment. So in yeah. the back of my mind, at some point, I'm like, I want to have my own business, whether it's painting, you know, that we did back back in the day, like interior painting. Um, I got into some building computer stuff back in the day also, um, but phased that out. So I was like searching for something. I'm like, I, wanted, I want to have my own business. I want to do something like that. So, but I mean, the fact that I stumbled across this detailing and then YouTube is like, finally like that fit the mold that fit exactly yeah. what yeah. you wanted to do and it's been yeah. and it's been successful which is i'm very thankful for i've got a question for you phil um mm -hmm. with your journey in youtube uh so you, obviously we all start from somewhere and we all start fairly small and we work our way up what do you think was the um the biggest thing that you changed in your channel to to grow your viewers to grow your community uh, I'm just mm. going to take some notes. Carry on. Great question. That's, Great a, that's question. a good question because it's definitely evolved. He's been quiet for too long. He's been quiet for too long. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to make notes. <laughs> well, if, if you check out our early videos, you see that I didn't do any talking in them at all. No narration, no talking. It was just music and text and just showing yeah. you what we were doing. Uh -huh. The moment that we started to actually put my face, like our face in front of the camera, and introduce ourselves and talk, that stepped it up another level. And recently, I've been trying to do this more and more, is try to do away with um, just, you know, having the music and uh, shots of, you know, sped up processes, time lapses. I'm trying to get away from that and do more just ambient noise, not, not ASMR, I'm not into ASMR, but just the natural noises of what we're doing and instead yeah. of time lapsing, just do short, informative clips. So if I'm polishing and there's like 20 minutes that I'm polishing and I just left the camera on for 20 minutes, I used to just time lapse that. I'm like, yeah, see, you can see the whole process. And I think it's better if I maybe zoom in a little bit on what I'm doing and just do like five second clips of the progress, you know? So I'll take that 20 minutes and just splice it in four sections or three sections and really shorten it down, but people can see like, oh, he's polishing that. Oh, it's looking that, oh, now it looks nice. In like 10 to 15 seconds, like that's it. But they can see it in real time and even hear it with no music in the background. Yeah, definitely. So I noticed definitely. that made a big difference. It's more enjoyable to watch that. Um, the narrating is good, but that takes up more time. So I'm trying to do less narrating and more talking uh -huh. as I'm doing you know, the work. And the fun part is if I let that camera go, sometimes my wife and I will just start talking and bantering back and forth. Some of the yeah. personal stuff I can't have in there. I got to cut that out, obviously. But if it's detail related <laughs> yeah. or just goofy or funny or we're just, I don't yeah, know, I yeah. get in these moments when you're, when you're working and you're in the zone, my mind just goes into weird things and I'll just do weird things. And I'm like, that's kind of funny. I'll just keep that in there. It's, it's funny. So the banter yeah. between us, you know, yeah. we'll go back and forth and we'll, make fun of each other or pick on each other. Or I'll do silly impressions or whatever. That stuff 
also people will will love and it, and it's it brings out like you know the the naturalness you know because i kind of forget the camera's running and i just start talking so it's very very candid makes it so more that, organic it, make, it makes it more yes. organic with the audience doesn't it it makes it more interactive yeah. they feel like you know it's amazing like i said to you, i went to the chicken shop tonight to go and get some food before we started and can't wait for your live mate uh, big shout out to Perry Chicken, extra barbecue tonight. Loving that, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a fiend for sponsorship. Nice, <laughs> but um, but no, like um, being interactive with your audience, it's it's funny, you know, mm. like it's probably a bit of Big Brother syndrome, isn't it? When you know people see you on telly, they see us on YouTube, and you know they probably feel like they can talk to you. It's one of the things that um. I love about this is that the interactivity, isn't it, with the YouTube? And I think showing a little bit of human element is mm-hmm. is is key. I think for everything because it just shows it's it's more natural. People enjoy that kind of content. I, I like a little bit of ASMR here and there. I like Vermijil from um, from YouTube. He's cool. Oh yeah, I like the way yeah. he puts his videos together. But I think that's really inter- you know you're really ingrained in the visuals are, are so cool. So I think it's a, it's a delicate balance. But everyone's got their own mm-hmm. style, haven't they? And I think you know. You, you know, you haven't got 35,000 subscribers to your YouTube channel for doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know exactly. what I mean? Um, well, yep. a question, just very quickly, is has anyone ever told you you look like Buzz Lightyear? <laughs> He's such a dick. All the he? time. All the time. <laughs> like, I get Buzz Lightyear not... or sometimes Woody, you know? So <laughs> I think it's you a can, You should then bring out your own dolls, Phil. We should have a film around a doll. That's, you that's know what, what the I... next... I actually have a little like dog toy of Woody. It's actually sitting up there. I should actually zoom in on that in one of the videos. I'll probably do that next. Or I'll, I'll get a Buzz Lightyear or something like a toy and <laughs> throw that in there sometimes. So um, as we come to a close, because like I said, I said I'd pinch myself on the hour and make sure I didn't run over. Um, it's been a fabulous live, but I just want to get last, last, uh, any questions, Vicky? You got anything to ask before we go? Oh, you're muted, Vicky. She's on mute. There oh, she is. Yeah, we can hear her now. now. You're back now. He was on mute. Oh, no. Can't hear you. Oh, no. Oh, no. Vicky. Uh-oh. She's done so well for the live. Oh, it's like so a Zoom well. meeting. <laughs> it's like a Zoom meeting. Yeah, exactly. Vicky's earpods have died on her, bless her. Oh, um, no. What I was going to say is, is uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, get, we'll get back to Vicky after this short break. <laughs> we'll get her to sort her headphones out. Um, what? Just, oh, you're where, back. Uh, we come, you're coming back. You're coming back. Um, oh, okay. Oh, you're back oh, now. Yeah, we got you back now. Any questions, Vicky? Uh, I was just trying to say um, to Speggy, has anyone told him he looks like Big Al from Toy Story? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> She's just burnt you. Burnt Sorry. you hard, Becky, on the wow. live. He was giving wow. Phil a hard time. I had to stand up for Phil. It's not giving him a hard time. Thank it's you. just staying Thank the it's, it's, uh, He is exactly who he reminds me of. It wasn't an insult. It was simply, I want to know if anyone else said the same thing. And then you oh, have to go and do that. Oh, well, that's, right, that's fine. That's fine. We'll see where we go with this one. That is just absolutely <laughs> epic. She's just Sorry. done a dolden, she's just doldened you. She's completely oh, she doldened you. She's filled in exactly where Phil. Do you know where I thought she was going? I thought she was going Jeremy Beadle. I thought she was going Jeremy <laughs> Beadle. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Phil. I'll have to send you a picture of our one of our eighties TV presenters called Jeremy Beadle, who did a, a oh, show nice. called Beadle's, yeah, a, send me that. Beadle's about. And um, yeah, Specky yeah. is definitely. No, the, uh, no, I'm not. Him. No, I'm not. I'm closer to Big Al than I am bloody Jeremy. Oh. Beadle. I used to hate Jeremy Beadle so much. See, but she likes me, so I clearly can't be Jeremy Beadle. Shut your face. We're gonna, um, we're gonna be posting up a picture of Specky from when he was 19. I got the, I got the privilege of a 19-year-old Specky. No, 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 no. I never said you were allowed to post that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh welcome to the uk uh phil this is our, our sarcastic humor when it comes to uh, digging each Love other it. out but um just to roll on to finish this show off and it's been listen it's been a pleasure i've been looking forward to this all week and it's been it's lived up to everything i wanted it to be it's been brilliant and um yeah just want to get your final thought mate and you know where where do you see yourself 
in five years with the business? What's the plan? What could we see? Uh, what would you hope for in the business? I am hoping for, uh, hopefully, if we get this garage extension built, um, allowed to be able to do more training because I really want to, I'm getting more requests for training. Um, so definitely, I mean, teaching is definitely in the future because YouTube teaches a lot, but you need one-on-one, -on -one. like you need physical in-person training and people love that. The, the, the ones that we're having in for our detailing workshop training love yep. every moment of it. Yep. And I, I, I encourage that because you, like, like we were talking about before, we learned a lot from trial and error. I mean, we were able to talk to some people and got some, you know, training from YouTube and just talking to people. But, you know, when you when you actually get some official training, and it doesn't take long. I mean, a day or two of just to kind of bypass all the trial and error and get you to like a certain uh, standard so that you can grow from there and work from there. But you you cut out all that other stuff that you have all these questions about and it may take you years to learn. All of that you can learn in a couple of days and start yeah. way ahead than anybody else. You get a huge jump start on your business and on detailing. So it's it's encouraged. I wish I was able to do it back when I was uh, you know, starting because we would have been further along. So training, teaching is something we're going to keep pushing and keep going for. And, uh, and as far as our business here, I mean, our ceramic coatings and polishing is just booming. It's just growing and growing and growing. So that's something that is awesome. That I'm definitely going that route more and more with our business. And as far as YouTube, just keep slowly growing it. Collaborations yeah. like this with you guys has been awesome. And I think that this should be a year of collaborations. We should be able 100%. to uh, reach out to 100%. others and do that. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more, mate. Just to, just to echo that last bit is, is I love speaking with Specky and I speak with Paul. Um, I think, you know, when it comes to detailing, the community is so strong. I think, you know, together stronger uh, as a team. I know, you know, at most we all work individually at times on detailing. So I think it's, you know, coming together. And I think it just builds the community industry for my mindset and everything when it comes to hairdressing and what I was educated in was industry first, industry first, industry first. So, you know, whatever we do to pull together as a team to showcase, you know, where detailing is for me is where hairdresser was in the eighties. You know, it's got a long way to go with, with comes to education, with comes to MVQs, whatever the, the qualification you're going to get. I think we're in the beginning of something really, really special. So the more we team together, the more we support, the more we, you know, harmonize on that, on that, on that method. You know, we are in a very, very small niche. Uh, two and a half years ago, I didn't even know detailing even existed until I literally washed my car, went on YouTube to find out how I did it wrong. And bang, this is where we are. So I think we all have a nice responsibility as content creators to to pass that baton on to the next and and hopefully leave it in a better place than it was when we started. That's I think that's that's the goal and the mission. So yeah. with that, guys, listen, that's been uh, we've done well an hour and ten minutes. I went over, but you know it was great fun. And listen, I want to thank my co-host Savicky, I want to Specky, and also. Phil Miranda for joining us on this lovely episode two behind the scenes with Phil Miranda. I've been Johnny Shield detailing, and as always, oi, oi, YouTube. <laughs>